and man, it's 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 an exciting time. And uh, this this entire few weeks that we have been journeying uh, through this series called "I'm Still Standing," man, uh, it's it's been personally encouraging for me just to revisit this this entire story of Joseph because I think right this is this is a timely conversation for us to have when it comes to our faith and and this is also a timely conversation to have when it comes to knowing our purpose in life because right uh, when when you're not really living for a purpose anything and everything seems about right until you feel otherwise anything is okay anything is all right until until you just have another opinion that is that is a, a, maybe a bit more strong uh, that is presented to you and then you start feeling otherwise and that right everything in our life is based on our feelings and is based on your desires but but can i can i just start off this this evening by just telling you that faith is not driven by feelings faith is not driven by feelings faith is driven by god's word come on can somebody say that with me faith is driven by god's word i mean thank god jesus did not live his life based on feelings could you imagine what that could look like uh no i don't feel like feeding the 5000 today boom no miracle in the gospels uh i don't i don't feel like helping peter walk on water i don't know what that would have looked like uh i just don't feel today like getting out of the grave it's been 3 days jesus do you want to get out i mean could you imagine if jesus lived his life based on feelings thank god that that we don't see that happen but jesus jesus modeled a life that was filled with purpose Jesus modeled a life that was that was filled with so much of clarity so much of purpose uh and so much so that even if it meant going against the tide even if it meant crossing certain cultural or certain religious boundaries to reflect the heart of God Jesus was still faithful to the purpose that 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 God had put in his heart and and not so much so that Jesus even set before us a way to to live out our life and and a way to kind of you know make sure that this this entire principle of of faith in Christ is not just an abstract concept but we are a people we are individuals we we are a community that that is not that does not shy away from living out the faith in Christ wherever we are and and you know we 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 because here's the thing right we were never designed to be just sunday christians we were never designed for just just weekend christianity we were never designed to just profess our faith during those couple of hours where where we used to meet together if i may say right i mean physically our online uh, meetings are still happening so we we are designed to reflect the heart of god we are designed to reflect the heart of christ as we live according to his plans and as we live according to his purposes in our lives and in these last few weeks i hope you have been stretched i hope you have been you have been made to think and and kind of even rethink about your god sized purposes that's that's one of the very reasons that we have been journeying through the series i'm still standing because that's like our bold declaration and that's our firm belief in our heart that no matter what is happening around in our life i'm still standing 
Today, if you have a roof over your head, I want you to know, or I, I, I want you to say this, that I'm still standing. Today, if you're able to spend time with your family members, with your loved ones, I want you to, I want you to say, I'm still standing. Today, if you're breathing well and alive, help me complete this. You can say this about yourself, that I'm still standing. I'm still standing. But the thing is, right, Joseph never said these words in the exact same way, but his life reflects that and screams that out time and time again. You know, we, we saw last week, hey, by the way, if you're tuning in for the first time, we, we just want to welcome you. Uh, and, and the reason I'm saying, I'm saying this now is because uh, if, if, you have been, if you have missed out on any of the recent talks, just subscribe to the YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast and you can get this entire talk series. I'm still standing the, 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 the earlier episodes and you can just give them a listen. I'm sure it will boost your faith. It will renew and refresh your heart. And, and you know, that's, that's what we were looking at last week where we see that, that Joseph had to wait for 13 long years before he got to this position of influence. He got to this position of authority and, and he has come up with this one-of-a-kind plan to save the nation of Egypt that he presents to the Pharaoh and, and he becomes one of his most trusted advisors as to how the nation of Egypt is, is going to come across these 14, the next 14 years are going to be so crucial for its survival. And, and what's happened now is that he's, he's a second in command in Egypt. He's, he's right below the Pharaoh. He, he's got almost all the authority when it comes to the administrative decisions and, and things like that. So he's the second in command. He's got a wife. He's got two kids. And, and the names are so profound. Uh, he's, he's got these two kids, same Manasseh and, and Ephraim. Manasseh means uh, the one who caused me to forget my grief and my pain. And Ephraim, the, the meaning is, is fruitful. God has caused me to be fruitful. I mean... The, the, the names kind of signify uh, even more about what Joseph has gone through and how God is still in the middle of all of that. What's, uh, but, but we're not going to go more deep into that. But yeah, he's got these incredible things happening for him. He's got a wife. He's got a family. He's got authority. He's got this position. And with all of this happening in his life at such a short time span, I also want to remind us, that, that something that we, that we looked at at the beginning of, this, of, of Joseph's life is that by now he has learned to embrace the beauty of delayed gratification. You remember that one? Joseph has learned to, to embrace the beauty of delayed gratification. And today I want to I talk to you on this short phrase uh, which, which I kind of uh, you know, penned down after I finished writing this entire talk. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on, on this title called Better Tomorrows. Come on, can you say that out with me? And, and can you, I mean, it's, 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 it's another faith declaration. It's, it's another bold statement that our tomorrows are going to be better. Better tomorrows. But, but just before we go ahead, I just, uh, maybe I want to share this with you. And, and this might be coming up on chat any minute right now. The road to better tomorrows go through the alleys of pain and loss. The road to better tomorrows go through the alleys of pain and loss. 
I'm going to be expounding a bit more on that. It's because uh, the 14 years that I spoke about, the first seven years is where everything worked according uh, to what God had put in the heart of Joseph when it comes to Joseph explaining that dream to Pharaoh about how the first seven years are going to look like. But things are about to change after these seven years. In these seven years, what has happened in Egypt is they have seen the best harvest, they've seen the best crop, things are going really well for these guys and, and the Egyptians have made uh, possibly the best arrangements to store the crops well. You know, the Bible says that Joseph uh, piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. I mean, so there's been a lot of, lot of detailed planning that has gone to kind of make sure that the storage facilities and everything is kind of uh, really taken care of well. But now, these seven years have come to an end and now the seven years of famine has begun in, in the land of Egypt. And, and the Bible says that the, that the famine kind of spreads outside of Egypt. But before that, what happens is when, when Egypt is going through the, the, through, this, uh, through the famine, you know, even Pharaoh, who's the, who's the, who's the main guy, who's a ruler, he kind of puts his hands up he, he, and he tells the locals, you know what, hey, just go to Joseph and, and do what he says. He's the boss. He's the boss. So he kind of puts his hands up and says, you know what, just go to Joseph, do what he's asking you to do. I'm just, I'm just another pretty face whose pyramid is going to come up in another few years from now. But yeah, go to Joseph. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that particular part of it, but he does say, go to Joseph. And, and we see that Joseph kind of is really bringing his leadership game up during this time. And he kind of helps the locals. He kind of helps the people of Egypt navigate well through these times, uh, initial few years of crisis. And what happens is the famine starts to spread outside of Egypt and reaches the family of Joseph. You remember those brothers we spoke about at the beginning of the series? Oh, they're still there and they're, they're going to be making a, a, like a comeback in this, in this entire talk series now. And, and we see that Jacob, Joseph's father, tells, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob tells his son to go to Egypt because he's, he hears that there's a lot of grain uh, in the land of Egypt and they can, they can go and buy some grain for themselves. This gets really exciting. I hope you guys are still, uh, you know, held on to this, this uh, narrative that I'm bringing. By the way, I'm kind of trying to condense a whole bunch of chapters in this, in this short uh, explanation. I hope you can go back and take out your personal time to kind of read through this because it's, it's so good as to how this entire story has been narrated. So yeah, things are about to get in interesting. Things are about to get exciting because... These same guys who mocked Joseph, these same guys who betrayed Joseph, these brothers who sold him off to slavery, to Egypt, are now standing in front of him. Uh, wait a minute, did I say standing in front of him? Uh, they, they're actually bowing down. If you, if you remember those initial dreams this crazy teenager had where, where he was mocked at, where he was laughed at and, and he was ridiculed, it's, it's actually taking place. The, the dream that Joseph had when he was a teenager is actually happening right now. And, and we see that Joseph kind of deals with his brothers in kind of a rude way at the beginning when he sees them. Uh, but, but that is just to test their intentions. He just wants to know uh, if, if these guys have really changed for the better or like, you know, and he does that through different scenarios and different settings. And, and one of the things after, after a lot of 
uh, you know, testing and a lot of different scenarios that Joseph puts before them, he agrees to help out his brothers. I mean, after all, it's his brothers, right? He agrees to help them out uh, by providing the grain, by providing them the food uh, that they need for the, for the entire tribe. But he puts a condition. He says that, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that you guys get back the younger brother who's actually not come to Egypt with them. Uh, that is Joseph's real brother called Benjamin who is still with Jacob. He says that until you go back and you bring back, uh, bring uh, Benjamin back, one of your brothers is going to stay with me as a captive. And so, and so we see that happen. And, and this is crazy because now the brothers are left wondering how do we approach this conversation with our, with our father because they have somehow they manage when they go back to, uh, to, the, to their home, they manage to have this conversation with Jacob about going back to Egypt with Benjamin so that they can rescue Simeon who, who was held captive by Joseph. And, and this, is what, uh, this is what Joseph says in Genesis 42 verse 36. We're reading from the message version. Their father said to them, you're taking everything I've got. Joseph's gone. Simeon's gone. And now you want to take Benjamin. If you have your way, I'll be left with nothing. You know, J Jacob is, is upset about this entire proposal. He's, he's sad and he's, he's mourning about the losses he's experiencing. See, because what, what really hit me was when I was reading this, it's been over... Over 20 years or so that Joseph and Jacob have been separated from each other. But Jacob, he still has that, that, that void. He's still, he's still feeling that loss. He, he's still mourning and he's still sad about his very own, his, his favorite son not being with him. He, he's feeling that. And now there's a situation where his another son or rather two sons are going to be, are going to be gone. And, and ja Jacob is probably thinking... What if this, they are gone for good, just like Joseph? And, and so it happens that, that all of them somehow finally convince Jacob to let Benjamin come along with them. They move out from their land, come to Egypt, and they finally uh, meet Joseph. But this is what he says. Genesis 43 and these two verses, we, we kind of see... Uh, Jacob's mourning. We kind of see Jacob's, Jacob's cry and how sad he's feeling about this entire thing. This is what he says. Take your brother and get going. Go back to the man and may the strong God give you grace in that man's eyes so that he'll send back your other brother along with Benjamin. For me, nothing's left. I've lost everything. For me, nothing's left. I've lost everything. It's, it's crazy when you, when you try to read this entire passage more from the empathetic side. You see the empathetic side of, of, uh, of, Joseph, of Jacob. But the story goes on. And we see that these brothers finally get to Egypt to meet with Joseph. Uh, who's not actually told them that he is their real brother. They, they are just looking at him as, as one of the... One of the main officials in the, in the land of Egypt, so they don't know his real identity. 
and so he come they all come to egypt they meet with joseph and we see joseph's side of pain and we see joseph's side of agony after seeing benjamin after such a long time because like i said benjamin was his real brother uh and and then he starts he begins to inquire of his father just wanting to know if his father is even alive because i think right he he was done trusting his brothers so he wanted kind of ben, he wanted benjamin his own brother to verify the fact that if his father was really alive and and why we we this it's at this moment we see the emotional we it's at this moment we see the tender heartedness and and we see the affection in joseph all this while we have seen joseph who's so strong we have seen joseph who's so sure about what uh, his his decisions his stances his his statements he's so sure about it but all of a sudden we begin to see this emotional side and this affectionate side of joseph over here and here's something that god dropped in my heart when i was reading and and just studying about these two scenarios that i think applies in your situation and in my situation so often all of us experience pain all of us experience loss and maybe even regret and sometimes more so when it comes to doing the right things or making right decisions jacob you know what was thinking to himself let me let me help you break this down jacob was thinking to himself that he had lost everything whereas that is not true he had he had just received enough and more grain from from the land of egypt for his own tribe and his own family and in fact there was more that was coming his way when 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 his sons would go back to egypt and and bring up bring back some more grain so it's not that he had lost everything but that's the story he was telling himself joseph on the other hand had had everything we 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 kind of just quickly saw everything that is that is falling in place uh, in the life of joseph but yet but yet there was there was this sense of loss of a father figure there's a sense of loss of a father figure and and his very own brother who whom uh, you know he he longed to see after he met with the rest of his brothers after such a long time because you see in in both these scenarios we get to learn and we get to realize that pain and loss is inevitable pain and loss is inevitable if you want to walk according to the purposes of god We don't like to we don't like talking much about the, these particular segments when it comes to our loss when it comes to the pain when it comes to the the awkward conversations about some of the things that are not going right in our life we really don't like talking about those things but but let me help you see this tonight Zelis if you want to see our lives being impacted by the message of the gospel of Jesus and live according to your God-sized purposes pain and loss is something that we cannot ignore or always run away from am i talking to somebody here tonight if you really want to see you walk into your god given assignment your god given purposes and if you really want to see your life being impacted by the message of the gospel pain loss suffering these are some of the things that we need to start having conversations with and having conversations about because some of the most important lessons are learned in our valley moments i want to say that again some of the most important lessons are learned in our valley moments and and this pursuit of knowing jesus this pursuit of of following him 
might be filled with some some really challenging and some hard times and some painful experiences for you but it it is it is these moments it it's these seasons is these moments that really shape and define your faith i i believe i'm i'm talking to somebody tonight over here these experiences help you stay rooted and grounded in your understanding of christ these painful experiences also become opportunities where the reality of the presence of god is at its best in your life it's at its best in the pain and in the in the moments of loss and the moments of suffering that's where the presence of god becomes as real as possible these experiences also thrust you into the plans and purposes of god if you allow them to and we see coming back to the life of joseph and coming back to the life of jacob we see that both of them had experienced their share of pain both of them had experienced their share of loss and and regret while they were still pursuing the purposes of god jesus for that matter had his his share of pain that he had to take upon himself to fulfill the purposes of god for our lives not his life our lives the 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 abandonment of his own people the whips on his body the the nails that pierced him and and the amount of pain that he went through was for the redemption and the restoration of humanity pain and suffering have the potential to thrust us into our god-given purpose pain and suffering have the potential to thrust us into our god-given purpose joseph is known for this his his father jacob was known for this because the pain and the suffering that they endured helped them get a step closer to their god-given destiny i want to encourage you the reason i've been building this up is i want to encourage you to relook into your moments i want to encourage you to relook into your times of pain into your times of loss and every possible wrong that has happened to you or that is happening with you right now but only this time allow the holy spirit allow the presence of god to speak into your lives to 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 even maybe sit back listen and and sit back and understand how god is still there with you in these difficult times willing to lead you through your pain and through your loss see because when when you are when you are fully aware and plugged into your god-given purpose your beliefs your perspectives and everything you do is so different when you when you're plugged in when you're fully aware of the god-sized purpose for your life in your heart and in every season that you're going through everything that you look at is going to be so different and we see that from the life of joseph he helps us learn that so well after after all of this back and forth between his brothers and him he, joseph finally reveals his true identity to his brothers and and all these brothers are speechless let's let's read that and 
when I read this, right, I think this is one of the one of the most human, one of the most graceful conversations ever that we see happen. When when you see those same people who have snatched away everything from you, when you see those same people who are responsible for messing up messing up your life and and kind of you know taking away everything from you how do you respond and how do you react in that moment or in those moments we see joseph we see joseph and and the way he handles this conversation it's 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 crazy it's crazy let's read let's read that genesis 45 uh verse 3 onwards uh, mess, uh, verses 3 to 8 from the message version. Joseph spoke to his brothers. I am Joseph. Is my father really still alive? But his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. They were like, oh my goodness, we are so dead. We are so dead. This guy has tricked us to come back. With, with one and only younger one that, that was back home. Now all of us are here and we are going to get slaughtered. We're going to get killed. I don't know what's going to happen to us. We are gone. I mean, they were speechless. They had no clue what to say. But Joseph, he knew exactly what to say. Come closer to me. Joseph said to his brothers. They came closer. I am Joseph your brother whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. God was behind it. Man, Joseph, there's so much to learn from you. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. There has been a famine in the land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more years, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me ahead to pave the way and make sure there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. He set me in a place as a father to the Pharaoh, put me in charge of his personal affairs and made me ruler of all Egypt. Joseph, through these few sentences, he just elevated this conversation to a whole another level. He's elevated this conversation to help every single person around him see the hand of God, see God's plan in everything that has happened to him. Joseph models forgiveness towards his brothers. Joseph models forgiveness towards his brothers. He helps them see the decisions uh, uh, decisions of the past in the light of the future and and I think even as I close out I want to I want to help you know this so that so that we can can navigate through our moments of pain and loss in this manner he's able Joseph is able to do all of this because all that he has gone through in the past is nothing compared to what God has done in his life and through his life Joseph is certain of that. Joseph is certain of his purpose. Joseph is certain of his God assignment. Joseph is certain of how God is working in his life and has worked in his life, even in the past and, and in the coming days. He's certain of that because the, the, the Joseph's 
reference point about God is the covenant keeping, the ever faithful and the unchanging God that has led Joseph through his times of pain, through his times of loss and through every adversity. But can I, can I, can I tell you this? I believe the same God is leading us and will continue to lead us in the future as well. Your faith in Christ today is redeeming your yesterdays and crafting better tomorrows. You know, Joseph was positioned for a purpose far greater than just being the second in command to Pharaoh. Just being the second in command to Pharaoh. Can I, can I push you guys a little bit to think? Your faith in Christ is, is, is for a far greater purpose than just attending some regular weekly Sunday gatherings. Even though it's virtual, once upon a time they were physical, I believe your faith in Christ is for a far greater purpose. There is a bigger, better destiny. There is a bigger, better purpose that Jesus wants to unfold in your life as you allow him to lead you. Even if that means going through the seasons of pain and loss. See, because when it comes to our stories, right? Just like how Joseph was sent ahead, for, sent ahead of his tribe to sort out the future for them. I've got some news for you. Jesus has gone before us and sorted out our future. Come on, if, if you believe that with me, I want you to receive that for your life. I want you to receive that over your situations. I want, to, I want you to profess that over your families, that Jesus has gone before us and sorted out our future. So take heart, guys. Take heart in the God-sized purposes for your life, which are revealed and, and which are unfolded in your relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.